What's up, y'all? It's JLP, the host of Mastering Singlehood and Relationships, coming to you with this brand new episode. Hope you and your loved one had a wonderful week, and I'm praying that your weekend will be a restful one. Now, I'm excited about tonight's episode. This episode will encourage you whether you are single or are currently married. And this topic, y'all, for tonight is in regards to prayer, but in specific, praying for your spouse. But the title of tonight's episode is Why Haven't You Been Praying for Your Spouse? Slash The Effective Way. And I'm going to go ahead and just dialogue with you guys, let you know what I mean by that. Why haven't you been praying for your spouse? Slash The Effective Way. Because really when you read the word of God, there is an effective way to praying or to prayer. And as a matter of fact, I want us to quickly go ahead and turn our Bible pages to James 5, verse 16. And in James 5, verse 16, this is what it says. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And I'm reading from the New International Version. For this particular verse, I want us to pay attention to the latter portion of verse 16. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. If you have a highlighter, you have a pen, go ahead and highlight those two terms, powerful and the word effective. When something is powerful, that means whatever thing that is, whatever energy that thing is, it has the capacity or the ability to do great exploits or to do a great act or action. It has the ability to cause a turbulence or a manifestation of some sort. When something is effective, that means that thing is not, is not, I can say, idle. It is not something that is, um, you know, lame. It is not something that is ineffective, right? Meaning it has the potential to do great things. It has the potential to cause movement. It has the potential to cause an, a reaction, and so when something is effective, that means it's going to cause, again, a reaction. It's going to bring forth a result, a result that is noticeable. And so, again, let's go ahead back to the title. Why haven't you been praying for your spouse slash the effective way? And what I mean by that is, for example, some of us, when we're praying for our spouse, and if you're single and you're praying for your future spouse, if we are being honest... A lot of times when we are praying for our future spouse or our spouse, we are praying for them from a perspective that is really upon ourselves. From a, I wouldn't say selfish, but from a perspective where we're only self-centered. Meaning that, for example, you may be praying, you're saying, God, give me um, a, a spouse that is this, that is that, that have this characteristic trait and so forth. But oftentimes you miss the mark when it comes to praying for the for the actual individual. Despite the fact that you might have never met this person in real life, but you end up forgetting this person is a literal person. This person is someone who exists. And so you ought to be praying for that person as if you you know that person exists, not just imagining as if it's someone that God is going to instantly just create out of the blue. But this person is walking, is breathing, 
this person is also living a life of purpose. And so when you're praying to God concerning this individual, you ought to be praying for this person's well-being. You ought to be praying for this person to remain obedient to God. For example, you can say to the Lord, God, I pray that you would keep my future spouse in good health, that you would surround my future spouse with your favor, that you would cause him to be quick to be obedient to you, that you would not allow the enemy to come near their tent. Instead of just saying, God, can you bless me to have a future spouse or God, can you bring my future spouse this year? Not to say those prayers are not important and God is not listening to these prayers, but it's just to say that it is important as well that we begin in our singleness to pray for, for our future spouse as if that person is already here. To pray as well for those of you who are believing for children, to pray for your children as if they are already here. I believe, honestly, y'all, when we end up praying for our future spouse and our future children when they arrive, we have already been too late in our prayers for their lives. And so it's so important right where you are right now in the current season that you are right now. This is the perfect opportune time for you to begin to make these bold prayers concerning your spouse, concerning your children, concerning that business, concerning that degree, whatever the case may be. And you have to be fervent within that prayer, with that prayer. Let's quickly go ahead and see the definition of that term fervent. I'm looking at the definition from the Merriam Webster dictionary and right before me there's two different definitions there's a definition that says very hot glowing and the second definition says exhibiting or marked by great intensity of feeling slash zealous all right and so this means that to be fervent it means to be passionate it is someone who is again bold in what it is that they are feeling they don't just um, you know, express their emotions in, in, a, in a little way, but they express their emotions in a dramatic way. They express their emotion with, again, such intensity, such passion that you can see it in their eyes. You can see it in their face. Like, have you ever seen somebody who is praying and they're praying with just such authority that you can see it in their face? You see their vein like in their neck popping <laughs> and so forth. And so this is the way we ought to be in prayer as well. Because even the word of God says that. It says again, like we just read in James 5, 16, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. At times, it's not because God does not want to answer your prayer, but God at times is challenging us to see if we will go to the next level in faith as we pray, as we are believing for him to come through. In our lives as we are believing for him to bring about that outcome that we are believing for him to bring about in our lives very quickly I want you to go ahead and turn your Bible pages to Matthew chapter 7 verse 7 and we're still on the on the topic of again prayer but in particular why haven't you been praying for your spouse slash the effective way now this is what Matthew 7 verse uh, 7 says but we're gonna continue reading all the way to verse uh, um, 9 we're going to continue to read all the, all the way to verse actually 11. And so Matthew 7, verse 7 to 11, this is what it says, y'all. 
Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your sons ask for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? I'm going to pause right there. Now, one thing that I want to make sure to, again, share with you on tonight's episode is the importance of asking God. It is the importance of asking God what it is that you're in need of or what it is that you want. We see over and over in scripture, God actually encourages us to ask him. Even in the book of Jeremiah chapter 33 verse 3, he says, call unto me and I will uh, you know, answer you. I will tell you of unsearchable things, of hidden things, right? Of great mysteries and so forth. And so we see all throughout the word of the Lord, God doesn't have a problem with us approaching him and asking him for help and asking him for a particular request. He doesn't have an issue with that. As a matter of fact, this is what the scripture says again. When you're looking at um, verse 11, it says, How much more will your father in heaven give give good gifts to those who ask him? And so we see God is even waiting. Like God is literally in a position where he is waiting on us to ask him. Sometimes there are certain things you have not received yet in this lifetime. It's because, in fact, you did not ask God. Now, there are times where what happened is, you know, for example, maybe you knowing that God is all knowing and sovereign. You're like, man, God is going to already do this for me. God's got me. And that's true. Right. If you're being faithful, if you're being um Again, faithful to the Lord, you're doing the work of the kingdom and you're trusting God with all of your heart. It's good to have that mindset that you know God is a good father. He's going to take care of you. But at the same time, at the same time, you have to remember again, I always say this, but this is important. We have to get this. And I'm praying that all of us who will get this right in 2023 It's very important for you to also know God is pleased by faith. And so you may find yourself in a situation where you're like, I'm not going to ask God for this thing, although this thing is on my mind, although this thing is in my heart, although I know I'm in need of it, I'm not going to ask God because I already know God knows to give it to me because, again, I'm serving him well, or I've been faithful to him, or I love him, and I know he loves me, and so forth. But yet God and his throne, he is looking at you and he's saying, man, you have little faith. This is what he's saying. He's saying, you of little faith. To us, we believe as if when we don't ask God, it shows that, in fact, we have faith and we have trust God. But there are often times where God is looking back at us and he's saying, because you have not asked me, that shows me that you don't necessarily have the faith you believe that you have for me to move or for me to act. And so even when you're reading verse 7 of the same chapter, right, Matthew 7, When you're paying attention to those three themes, right? Ask, seek, knock. You will notice that those three themes are levels. Those three three themes are levels of persistence, right? Or perseverance. How far will you go in your prayer life in order for you to see God to break through in your life? Now, again, this is not us manipulating God. This is not us forcing God. 
but we are looking at it through the lens of faith. Again, you have to remind yourself, faith again, God is pleased by our faith. And so when you are consistent in prayer, and again, you're praying fervently, you're not rebelling, rebelling against God. You're not manipulating God. As a matter of fact, you're exercising your faith and you are showing the Lord that you're exercising your faith. And he will in fact act. He won't remain silent forever, right? For all time. He will act. This is what he's saying in his word. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you, right? Now, when you pay attention to the part where it says ask and it will be given to you, this part you can see it as level one, right? For example, you may say to someone, maybe you're new in town and there's a mall that you're trying to find a way to get there, but you know, since you're new to the town, the GPS is not really being that helpful. And you just seen somebody just walking near you, past you, right? While, again, you're, you're driving or perhaps you're walking to get to this mall. And you say, excuse me, sir, excuse me, ma'am. Do you know where this so-and-so mall is? And this person helps you, right? It doesn't take a long time for this person to assist you. This person just gave you like a quick word. So this is the first level, right, of you, of you praying. So it shows you that it doesn't really take much. You just ask and you receive that request. But now you see the second level of your prayer now is what? Is seek. Seek is very active. For example, archaeologists, they don't just wake up and see treasures out of thin air. No, they go to the deepest parts of certain areas in the world and they dig and dig and dig until they find that architect, archetype, right? Or they find that treasure or they find that fossil, whatever the case may be. And so seeking requires even more endurance. It requires even more persistence and consistency. It's not just something that you do and then you stop. But when you're seeking is that you're, it's like you're going on a hunt for it. You're searching it out. So this is level two. Now you see level three is what? Level three is, is, is the knocking portion. It says, and you, and it says, if you knock or knock and the door will be open to you. I don't know about you, but there are certain professions. It's as if they train these people to knock aggressively on the door. <laughs> um, there's some mailman, not mailman, but like there's some, you know, Amazon um, drivers, Amazon delivery drivers. When they're knocking on your house, man, like they scare the heck out of you. Right. And so they knock so loud, they're showing you that they demand you to open the door. It's as if the knock itself is, is, is magnetic. The knock is pulling you now to open the door. Because as if you know, if you don't open the door, something is up. They're going to, they're going <laughs> to, you know. And so they're aggressive with the knock. And so that gets your attention to wanting to open the door. And this is what the verse is saying. It's saying knock and the door will be open for you. And so this is level three when it comes to prayer. There are times when you pray and you don't receive a response. It's not because God does not want to give you a response. But again, God is wanting to increase your faith and God is wanting to increase your trust in him. And as well as God is also seeing what it is that is in your heart. If whatever it is that you're asking for, if it's to glorify him or is it to just satisfy yourself? That's very important as well. Now, it's not to say that God never will give us what we want or desire, but it's important to know that 
if your desire is evil or if your desire does not produce good fruit or if your desire is contrary to your Christian faith or to your faith in God, God is not going to give it to you because it's not good in his eyes. Remember what we read in verse 11 of Matthew 7, the latter portion, right? Of verse 11, what does it say? It says that, it says that, how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? And so, even though you may be asking God something, to you, you may think that is good, but to God, it is not good. And because God's very nature is good, because God's very nature is loving, no matter how many times you ask God for that thing, he is not going to give it to you. It's not again because he does not want to bless you, but he wants to bless you right. He doesn't want to give you a curse. He wants to give you a blessing. This is sad to say, but sometimes we think that we're asking God for a blessing, but yet we're literally asking God for a curse. And this all happens when, again, our motives is wrong or we are immature in our faith or we lack wisdom. And so very quickly, let's go ahead and turn our Bible pages to James 4.3, which is a scripture I've shared before um, multiple times on the podcast. But this is a scripture, y'all, for every season of life, especially when it comes to the things... Especially when it comes to your prayers for your future spouse, for your future children, for your needs, for your circumstances, whatever the case may be. So let's quickly go ahead and read James 4 verse 3, y'all. It says, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. I'm going to repeat it again. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. And now for those of us who are Christian, for those of us who are believers, when we read that phrase wrong motives, we tend to say, I'm not praying with wrong motives. I'm not asking for nobody to die. <laughs> I'm not asking for nobody to get hurt. I'm not asking to even become a millionaire. I'm just asking for something that seems, you know, just pure. I'm just asking, uh, you know, for a marital blessing. I'm just asking to pay my bills on time and so forth. I'm just asking to be able to go on this vacation. But pay attention to the latter portion of James 4 verse 3. It says that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. And so you see in the latter portion of that verse, you don't see the Lord is mentioned there. You don't see the kingdom of God is mentioned there. You don't see another person is mentioned there. You don't see where it's mentioned that you're going to, you know, you're going to enjoy yourself. But at the same time, indeed, you will give all the glory to the Lord. You will let it be known that God is the one who gave you this blessing, that God is the one who answered this prayer, that God is the one who lifted you up, that God is the one who seated you with kings and princes and queens and so forth, that God is the one that opened the door that seemed like it was never going to be open. You don't make it be known that you are the one that did it. You don't make it be known as because of the connections you have that caused it to happen for you, but you make it be known that it is God who cause this to be your portion and so this is important for us to know wrong motives doesn't only mean if the thing that we're asking for is evil or if the thing that we're asking for is ungodly wrong motives also means if the thing that we're asking for is going to cause us to forget God is going to cause us to make this thing to become an idol in our lives and to reject God to dismiss our prayer time with the Lord to dismiss our time to praise him and worship him 
this thing right here that you're wanting and now you're going to cause it to give you pleasure is going to cause you now to not want to grow deeper in your walk with Jesus. And so as I'm getting ready to close this episode, I truly want to encourage you to pray the effective way when it comes to your spouse or future spouse, when it comes to the desires of your heart, when it comes to your future, when it comes to your business, when it comes to your career, when it comes to your relationships, when it comes to your friendship. In what manner are you praying? Not just, again, it's important for us to pray fervently, meaning with passion, right? With zeal, with authority, knowing that God is listening to our prayers and that our prayer is effective. But it's also important as well to make sure we're praying from a pure place. We're praying from a righteous place. We're praying from a place where we want God to be exalted. We want God to be glorified. And this is one of the main reasons, if not the only reason why, we're asking God to bless us to receive this this answered prayer, to receive this blessing. And so, especially for those of you who are single, who are believing for marriage or who are believing for God to bring your future spouse this year of 2023 by his grace. Are you praying for this in order for God to be glorified through your relationship, through your future relationship and marriage? Or are you just praying for this for again, for your own pleasures? For you to see you go from a different title to a next title, from miss to missus, From single guy to married man. Why haven't you been praying for your spouse? The effective way. My prayer for you today is that starting this day, you will begin to pray for your future spouse. Not only just for God to bless you with the future spouse, but most importantly, you are praying for your future spouse. You're praying for their spiritual well-being, emotional well-being physical well-being and you're praying that they are currently right now in God's perfect will living out their life for his glory and y'all remember all things are possible with Christ Jesus until next time this was your sister in Christ JLP peace out take care